Welcome to the Higher Ed Jobs Podcast, Ask the Expert Edition. I'm Andy Hibble, the Chief Operating Officer and one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. Today, we have Dr. Christopher D. Lee, a Managing Director at Storebrook Search, author of several books, and a former Chief Human Resource Officer with many years of higher ed experience. Thanks for joining us today, Chris. My pleasure. Today's question from our Higher Ed Jobs community member is, How is higher ed adapting to the lack of qualified candidates? Are minimum requirements being updated? Is there any movement toward competency-based hiring? Chris, what are your thoughts on these questions? I think the market always drives how both the job seeker and employers respond. I think the real estate analogy of buyers or sellers market kind of comes into play. If there's a lot of talent in the marketplace or a lot of homes, prices tend to be lower and the requirements tend to be more and more particular. If there are fewer applicants, then obviously organizations have to adjust. Colleges and universities have a complicated relationship with this whole dynamic because we love to value what we sell highly, right? I mean, it's kind of like having an MBA in five years experience or a diploma or bachelor's or master's or whatever the credential is, we value those really, really highly. And it's hard for us to say, well, they don't matter, right? We could say a bachelor's degree or equivalent experience. We prefer the bachelor's degree because we've certified that a person knows something. The private sector may see things as a little more fungible. The equivalent experience might be more applicable. But when there are fewer applicants, you're likely to see that tag on bachelor's degree or equivalent experience. If we're in a market where there's a lot of people available to work, you may just see bachelor's degree. So I think that's the dynamic that plays out. This concept of competency-based hiring is an interesting one because it is a literal definition of certain things. And competency-based hiring tends to be very, very prescribed. And so I'm assuming the community member who asked that question is really talking about skill sets, right? Because people need competencies. Is a series of knowledge, skills, and abilities. And so what they're saying is, if you break down that bachelor's or master's degree, or you break down that job, there are certain skills or experiences or knowledge one must have. And when there's fewer people, can we just disaggregate things and say, for this particular job, we need these five things. We don't necessarily need the whole degree, right? And then some universities, as you know, have responded over time to create these credentials or badges or building block items that lead to a degree. And so I guess the short answer would be there is always competency-based hiring. There's always skill-based hiring. The particularity of how they're counted, used, and evaluated depends on what's going on with the economy. So it's kind of like the socialism thing, you know, from each according to their ability to each according to their need. All organizations are like, oh, we can get a higher qualified person by stacking on all these requirements. We're going to do so because there's so many people in the marketplace. Fewer people in the marketplace, they say, well, these four really are discretionary. We just need these five, right? And then the question is, how do you verify they have them? That's what degrees are an assurance or an insurance policy that they have these kinds of things. And that's always going to fluctuate according to what's going on with the availability of talent. Chris, I'd like to maybe work a little bit off this question because I think in this, there's a little bit of a presumption that there's so many opportunities open, so few people out there applying for those opportunities who are qualified, that it should be easy to find a job. 
And we've encountered a good number of job seekers who, when applying for a job, kind of expect to open up their front door and just have job offers fall from the sky. And what folks sometimes might be missing is while there are a lot of opportunities, the process for institutions to hire fundamentally has not changed. Right. The imperative need to get talent and the fact that they're understaffed has not led to any sort of urgency to skip steps of the process. Right. What's your advice to folks out there looking for a job who maybe might feel a little stressed because they're not finding it as quick as they might believe, given the market? You know, the pundits have called it the great resignation and then has been rebranded the great reshuffle, right? So it's not that people have totally dropped out of the market. They have tried to find opportunities that were more amenable to their particular background experiences and personal life, right? That was part of the COVID. I'm not willing to commute anymore. We just talked about remote work and things of that sort. So people are moving toward things that are more amenable to them. So with that idea, it's always a game of interest in professional positions, meaning that there's always talent and there's always competition for the best opportunities. So even if it's only three competitors, you have to compete. And maybe last week it was six competitors, right? And in a different time, it could have been nine competitors, but you still have to compete. So there's no lobs or gives, right? The job seeker has to prepare for the opportunity and do their research about the institution and put in a great application package. And then they have to go to the interview and they have to compete because there's somebody else out there who's just as well qualified and hungry for a great opportunity. So it's not a give me, right? So whether it's six or three, there's still only one job, right? And so you have to, uh, you know, kind of suit up and look at it as a competitive process and try to put forth a great application package and performance in an interview. Your answer is perfect, Chris. It was great seeing you. Yes, as always. I'm bummed I did not see you in San Diego. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, for joining us today. My pleasure. If you have a question for one of our experts, please feel free to email us at podcast at higheredjobs.com or feel free to tweet us at Higher Ed Jobs. We'd love to share your questions with our experts. I'm Andy Hibble, one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. I want to stay off the record for a moment because I think this is a personal frustration. Oh, poor Mike. Mike's like, what do I... Not, not, <laughs> this not is what Mike really wants to, what really wants to record me. How can I embarrass Andy? Um, Are we talking about extension 202 or no? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Um, Maybe I should follow up. I want to stay off the record for a moment. I was just in LA, went to In-N-Out Burger last week. So I'm very, very, uh, very, very, uh, very, very, uh, very, very uh, uh, serious about my music. Maybe I should follow up. I'm good then, right? Andy, you're not saying anything? No, I'm just going to sit here quietly. Okay. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) We are recording. So you can start whenever you'd like. Clock. I thought you said you were going to be quiet.